Welcome to The 8 Billion Project, where we're on a mission to make an impact by discovering and sharing the purpose of every person on this planet. I'm your host, Lisa Florida. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The 8 Billion Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Florida. And today we have a special guest, Mr. Orson Wells. Um, Orson Wells, for 20 years, has dedicated his professional life to developing high-performing leaders, individuals, and organizations. He is a coach, trainer, and advisor that has worked with business leaders at the highest level to help them overcome the challenges of leadership, improve their performance, build a confident resilience, and reignite their passion for purpose. He has started a new course called Ambitious Goals, which I will have him elaborate more on. But everyone, please help me welcome Orson Wells to the 8 Billion Podcast. How are you, Orson? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this has been long overdue. We've been trying to get this recorded (laughs) for so many uh, months now, and life has been really busy. So I'm glad you're finally on here as a guest. Yeah, I I do. I was was actually really excited to be on this show because I just like the whole concept of thinking about there's 8 billion people out there to help to serve to you know all of that and I just you know even just by the name I I really just like you know enjoyed the the concept and look forward to being on the show yeah I'm super excited about it because everyone's all like you know like the premise is all about following your uh your purpose and your passion so Mm -hmm. some of my questions are going to be a little bit different than most podcasts so oh I'm open for it so you're open for it (laughs) (laughs) well I did give a short bio about you but would you like to elaborate a little bit more on the work that you do Yeah, well, you know, one of the, I just like to say that I help build over the course of my career, I help build healthy organizations. And what that, what that has really entailed a lot is a lot of leadership development, coaching and training is primarily what I've done. In addition to other things like dealing with organizational change and communication and building soft skills, all of those things, I've kind of been involved in that. And, you know, again, you talk about purpose is, you know, people work at different organizations over the course of their career and their lives. And we spend so much time at work. Why not have an environment where leaders know how to create an environment where people want to work, where they want to spend their time away from their family, earn a living, you know, an environment where people feel accepted, feel um, part of the group. And so that's kind of one of the things that really dr- has driven me to do the work that I do and why I really enjoy the the work that I do. So uh, aside from all of the, you know, kind of like he's worked with high level executives and, and <laughs> all of that. And, and, and I think that's really great. But I think what really drives me is the impact that I make on the lives of people. So. Yes. Most especially, I think there's that whole thing about um, nowadays, and I think it's probably been in the more recent years, no matter how big sometimes the corporations are, a big thing that everyone has been working on is the culture of a company, right? Yes culture of the company definitely separates um, because it's letting each of the employees know that they matter as part of, you know, them being the individual and then their contribution to that organization. Yes, so it's yeah. so big on that organization. Yeah, I, I forgot. I, I want to, there's a quote about that, that, um, that I want to, I forget to, I don't, I don't remember who exactly said, I think it was Peter Drucker or somebody, but they just basically said that, you know, um, culture eats strategy for lunch. So in other words, if you have a, you can have a really great strategy 
in your organization or company, but if you don't have a really great culture that supports that strategy, you're probably not going to get done what you want to get done. If you, like right. you said, if you don't have that environment where people feel valued and want to work and all of those things, you're not going to have, you're not going to be as successful as you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I've been in and out of corporate America and the one and the, the corporations that I have been a part of, um, that I, that have been memorable for me have been the ones that have really instilled culture in there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really is big, especially now moving into 2021, you know, like all this whole mental health and, and being. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, I think that's a big thing. I mean, and you know, I've been thinking about going into next year, just the challenges that they all that, you know, whether you're the head of a nonprofit or a large, uh, corp, you know, fortune 500 company, the mental health of the people that you work with, the satisfaction, the, the, the value that they put into work is going to be so much more important because I think everyone has had kind of a little paradigm shift on what's important nowadays based upon what 2020 has brought us. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's perfect because the next thing that I was going to ask you was <laughs> what were, what was the greatest challenge you had to overcome in 2020 in terms of what business professional, you can do both or, you know, whatever yeah, you'd like. The, yeah, that's a, that's actually, yeah, you said you're going to ask good, good questions. That's actually a really good question. <laughs> um, I, I think the biggest challenge for me has been just being consistent in the difference of what 2020 brought. And what I mean by that is I, you know, I kind of, one of the things I feel that I do well as a person is adapt and change very well. So, you know, put me in a situation, I can assess the situation and adapt to it, but sometimes that's very short lived, you know? So if you're, you know, if you're at work and you have a big project, you can adapt and you have to work longer hours. You have to, you know, kind of you're a little bit stressed and you have to deal with that. You have to manage your time more, but there's usually an end, there's a, a short-term end to that project, whether it be 30 days, a week or whatever. But, you know, I think one of the biggest things was building consistency for me in my life where, you know, and in a lot of ways we're working from home, depending upon what your profession is, you know, you're working from home. How do you continue to be effective while you're doing those things? How do you stay motivated? You're self-motivated. And then in what I do, I try to help others be motivated. So I had to be motivated, you know, so I, I literally, you know, sometimes get up in, in the morning um, and it's, you know, it's all like 20 feet that I'm moving, you know, from my bedroom to get coffee and then into my office. I mean, that's like, you know, these 20 feet, 20 foot or 15, 20 feet, however long it is uh, movement. So I'm not going anywhere. So it was building consistency where I stayed motivated in in that whole process of, you know, kind of staying in that mindset of, you know, being productive and all of those things when I wasn't kind of going into office or seeing people in meetings and, and all of those things outside of like Zoom. And now I have a, a, a strange affinity for Zoom. I want to have all my meetings on Zoom, so that's <laughs> crazy. Uh, so it was just that, that adaptation, like I knew I needed to adapt, but then it was just staying consistent in that adapt adaptation. 
No, it's interesting that you say that because uh, I saw someone on my IG post and because uh, this was probably back in the summer, but it reminded me of what you just said was that he, you know, he's an executive for a big corporation or a big mm-hmm. company and they're all working from home. But he's like, I had to make my office, my office. And then he goes, make my bedroom, my bedroom. So he goes, I had, you know what I mean? Yeah. All, yeah. What you're saying is they're all within 20 feet of each other. Mine, I'm all over the place. This is like my dining room area. So I'm <laughs> yeah. like, that's why everyone's all like, wow, you you do your shows from your couch. And that's just all about adapting and being okay with the changes that happen. And just knowing that 2020 has, has done this to all of us. Yeah, I, I mean, and I think that's a good lesson just for life is that, you know, things change. And when you adapt, it's like, okay, this is, and I sometimes don't like the phrase of not like the new normal or a new reality, but this is what I have to deal with right now. How do I make the most of it? And I think that's a big question that we, that you're constantly asking yourself on how do I make the most of this new situation, whatever those cards that you're dealt are, you know, how do I make the most of that? I think is that that's a big question that you, you that we're constantly asking ourselves. And one that I always ask myself, you know, going as you go through all of these changes. Yeah, most definitely. So yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing all of that because it, and I think that's what I try and capture here on 8 billion is the authenticity of everyone in terms of like how they're trying to navigate through their normal lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where we have this whole profession, but we're still like human beings. We still have families and we still yeah. have, you know what I mean? And I was just thinking about that because uh, especially that 20 foot thing, like literally I'd knock on my son's door <laughs> at seven 55 and he'd just go like this and then turn on zoom. But that's how much life has changed this year. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I love that you said like, because it, I think about, even though I am in this space of what I do is I help other people. So I help them be productive. I help them with mindset. I help them be, you know, more effective in what they do. And so you have to live like kind of in a motivational space. And so sometimes it can seem like I don't need that same motivation right. and, and all of that. And, but, you know, to be, you know, like you said, really authentic, it's like, you know, you're absolutely right. Sometimes you get up in the morning and you're like, what? why am I, (laughs) what am I, (laughs) I have a meeting. (laughs) Oh no. Or you're, you know, you're, you know, you know, okay, what do I put on? What do I, you know, you're going through all of those things. And I mean, just even for me in the, in, in my space, it's, it's that same, the same struggle sometimes that I'm helping someone else with, you know, cause one of the things I had a lot of conversations about, especially in the beginning of this whole thing, uh, you know, we're almost approaching a year ago, is that is is just the whole concept of staying motivated and building a new routine, and and all of that in your work, staying organized to do all of those things. And while I was helping others, I was also struggling with that myself. You know, yeah. um, how do I, you know, get a good to do list? How do I make sure that I stay on task, stay motivated? How do I not get distracted by, you know, maybe what's going on on the news or, or all of those things are things that I was also dealing with. And, you know, I, I love this whole, I love being authentic, first of all, and kind of being like, you know, I'm a real person as well. And I was having those, a lot of those same struggles. And so it allowed me to identify where people were really at. And I think that's what's really important is the whole concept of empathy 
in in this whole journey that we're we're collectively on this journey together. A lot of times, um, Lisa, you would have problems in your life and you had your problems. I would have problems in my life and I would have problems. But 2020 kind of brought us together with a collective issue. We all experienced it very differently and we went through things very differently, but we had something to kind of, of rally around and have a little bit more empathy for one another. Yes. At least I hope we did. I know in some cases, if we watched the news, we didn't have empathy <laughs> for one another, but in a lot of cases, I think we do, you know, we do have empathy for one another and saying, oh, you're, you're struggling. Oh, you're a little late to the Zoom meeting or you're a little, you know, mm -hmm. you, you didn't get that done. I understand. Let's kind of talk about how we catch up and, and move on. So you have a lot of those kind of conversations. And um, but it's that we were going through it together. And I think that's yes. really important. Yes. No, that's really a great point that we all went through it all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Eight billion sure. of us. Eight billion <laughs> of us. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, a lot of people will probably wonder how we met. We actually met through Brandon T. Adams, a mastermind group that we have both yes. been a part of for the last couple of months. I think we still have another 30 days to go, but it's been amazing. It's been amazing to be teammates. All right. We got to Absolutely. know a lot about each other. But one question that I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if this was, I don't think I ever asked this. The first week Brandon told all of us to get to know each other. He said, find something uh, out. Okay. He said, find, learn something about the other person that you didn't know. So I am going to yeah. ask you, because I don't think I ever asked anyone in the group. Could you tell okay. us something about yourself that no one else knows? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I told you this is going to get interesting. Yeah, no, it is. It, it really is. Um, let me see. Well, it's, let me think, let me think for a second. Well, I, yeah, I, I can have say, you go back to that question. I can ask the next question. No, no, I can. No, no. I, I'll, I think, I, I think I have, but it, it might not be that no one knows this. It's just that it may not be apparent to a lot of people, unless you've known me for a long time. Okay. Um, is that by nature, I'm probably more of an introvert. So in other words, you know, I don't need to be around a big group of people. I don't need to socialize and, and talk to people. I don't have a psychological need for that. I mean, past the base level, of course, I love people. I love interacting with people. I, actually, that's one of the things that drives me is really helping people. But outside of when I am helping people, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a reader. I'm, I'm quiet. I journal. I, you know, um, I, you know, do activity. I'm fine, you know, traveling by myself sometimes and doing those kinds of things. And, you know, it's like even with my, my wife and I, she's very social and you know loves everybody wants to talk to everyone she knows everyone in the grocery store all of those things and i'm more you know if you're talking about the grocery store get in get out and i don't probably you know i'll say hi and I'm, it's not that i'm not cordial and and nice to people it's just that i am more so you know can i you know I, I can oftentimes be that dreamer that's in my head and all those kinds of things it's and but sometimes that doesn't come across especially um, when someone sees me in my professional setting, yes. you know, if I'm speaking or on my podcast or even when I'm coaching them and, you know, even the way I speak, I'm very animated and I use my hands sometimes. And, but then if you saw me 
outside of that, I'm probably more quiet or reserved or, you know, in, in all of those things. So that's something that doesn't necessarily come across um, all the time, but it's also a nod to that oftentimes what, what we see of other people isn't necessarily the totality of who they are. And I think that's an important thing because, and that's what you learn by getting to know, getting to know people. Yes, absolutely. And I'm trying to do this in a short podcast video. So people will get to know you or a different side of you. Actually, oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> I, that's interesting that you share that because I'm very much like that too. So I'm very animated, social, and you can throw me in a social setting and I'll socialize with a lot of people. Yeah. But on the other side, in, in private, I spend a lot of time alone. I meditate. I read books. I do a lot of things by myself. I'm very independent independent person so yeah um yeah of course when I was younger I probably socialized a, a you know a little more but you know adulthood has tamed me a lot more so <laughs> yeah I actually that's not, it's for me it was a theme that ran through my life I was really shy growing up and um didn't really talk a whole lot um well when I said talk I wasn't very social at home I was very loud you know with my family but when I got to school I was very could you know kind of in that environment, it was very different for me because I wasn't as I wasn't as social. And it's something that I learned to do. So very much like you in a social setting, I can, you know, I can do what I have to do. But at, at some point, it's like, okay, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Let me find one person to talk to. <laughs> right. No, and in a lot of, you know, I was just wanted to share this because a lot of people don't understand when we do a lot of camera work and recording, it takes up a lot of energy because of the focus yes. that has to go into it. And a lot of people were asking me like, oh, you're so great live streaming. And I said, yeah, but I'm completely drained after one hour that I literally like after a live stream, after being in front of so many people, like I retreat back to um, my, you know, like resting or even yeah. prior to that, the whole day, if I have a live stream at night, I, I, I'll do everything by myself because even just in that one hour, it takes up so much energy to, you mm -hmm. know, like be in front of camera, you know, you've got to think of your, your thought process and the words that you have to say. So it's really interesting. Like, you know, like what you're saying on one side, you're an introvert, but then in front of camera, people would be probably surprised where, where yeah. they say, yeah, that you're, you're probably more on the shy, quiet and shy side. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing about it is what I've learned over the years is that, cause I used to do trainings where and I hadn't I hadn't really done full day trainings for you know a little little while but I used to do trainings that were a full day so now imagine you know you do an hour live stream or a full day of training where you're in front of people you're working with people and sometimes it'll be consecutive days and you know like you I, one of the things that I learned is how to recharge and I think that's very important especially for people that are in front of people and, and doing things, especially if they're more introverted, wired to be introverted like you and I, is that you take the, some of that downtime, that you make sure that, you know, once you say goodbye to the last person or you say you turn off that live stream, that you have that downtime that allows you to then recharge and then you can come back fresh the next day and do it again. Because if you don't, then you'll get, you know, you'll get a little bit stressed and you won't yeah. be you won't be in the right mindset to, to go back and do it again. Yeah, I, that, that's what I was saying. I, oftentimes, a lot of people were, were really surprised at how I was in front of camera and then like how I retreated. But a lot of it is a lot of energy going back and forth and dealing yeah. with so many different people, right? 
And so that takes up a lot, whether you're in front of camera, in front of them or not in front of them, and even just the energetic exchange. So you definitely have to recharge. That's what a lot of people don't <laughs> understand. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, especially if they're you know having to be in front of people or they don't do it a lot. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Outside of your profession, is there something, is there something in life that you'd like to do? Um, one, well, I mean, quite honestly, one of the things, you know, like I said, I, I, you know, I, especially when I was younger, read a lot of different kind of like novels and, and different things like that. Um, and this is kind of, I guess, connected to my profession is, is, is traveling a little bit more. One of the things this year that has, that I've gained a little bit more of appreciation for is the ability to travel and see the world. Um, because, you know, you think about, well, actually when I was in, um, and this is amazing to me when I think about it now, because I think of uh, junior high kids and I would never send them to Europe. But, uh, when I was in eighth grade going to ninth grade that summer, I begged my parents to take the opportunity to go on this trip to Europe. And, um, it changed my life. It, it gave me a bigger perspective on the world. I remember, you know, begging my my parents. There were meetings that you had to go to before. It was a group from my uh, junior high school. Some of my classmates, some of their parents were going. It was coordinated by one of the uh, one of my classmates' parents, and then it was some kids from another junior high school. So it was a probably ended up being about you know twenty five kids that went, and then several parents went. And I, I didn't really understand the value of money back then <laughs> or what it cost. But I, you know, I kind of begged my mom and dad to to do that. And um, even though I was, I think you're eighth grade, you're what, 15, going on 16-ish, somewhere around there. Yeah. I was young. I had the opportunity to go to Europe, go to 16 uh, different, or 16 days. I think we did about 10 countries. Um, see all of the, you know, the major sites that, you know, that you, everyone kind of knows in, in Europe and you know have a, a, this whole experience and while i was even that age i appreciated it but i don't think i would i i didn't appreciate it like i would now like seeing the eiffel tower seeing the cliffs of dover seeing you know all of the different things going to venice you know all of those different experiences that i had and you know i i think when you travel when you see something outside of what you see every day it it makes you grow as a person it makes your your vision expand and i've realized that my world was bigger than imagine texas right. <laughs> texas is a huge state you know my world was bigger than the you know texas where i grew up in the houston area where i grew up and i i think that, that you know as one of the things even going through this year that I want to do more of is travel and kind of see the world and see those things. I've done a fair share, especially here in this, in the States, just through my work and different things like that. But um, I just have a different appreciation for it now and want to go and really ex have the different experience and see some of the things around the world and I have a greater appreciation for it. Yeah. See, sometimes it's some of those questions that you ask that help ignite something in a person to remind them of different things that, you know, that's what I was saying. Cause we get yeah. into the hustle and bustle of work. And I know it's been, it's been such a challenge this year for everyone to create a routine. 
But I mm-hmm. think that sometimes a big part of us trying to get over these major challenges is to actually dream a little and, and you know, just like expand your horizons, yeah. right? And that's amazing that you got to do that at such a young age. I've, yeah, and I haven't been back to Europe since, but it's definitely something see, I want to do. It's definitely on the bucket list, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So what ex, uh, what are you excited about in 2021? Gosh, one of the, I mean, you know, thinking about this year and everything that's happened and, you know, and this might, and this is just, this is just me, <laughs> is one of the things that I'm really excited about. I took, you know, one of the things that I kind of stepped out to do was expand my reach in, in the world, if you will, and driven by my desire to help people. And one of the things I was, you know, and and I think the way, the best way that we can help people is using our gifts and talents to to help people. And while I'm, you know, kind of creating and building a business around this to help people, I mean, to to coach leaders, to train leaders, to be an, you know, an advisor and things, something that I've done for 20 years, this new phase of life for me, this new thing that I'm trying to build is is really exciting to me. Mostly, it, it is it's exciting from I'm you know creating something, but I also think about the the people that I'll be able to help, the companies that I'll be able to help. Because when I think about that, um, you know, like you know, like you said, you've worked in corporate America, you worked at a job, and oftentimes the your whole relationship with the company is through that leader that you report to. Mm-hmm. So if that leader's great, everything's great. If that leader is effective, they communicate well, they empathize well, they, they, they give you what you need to be successful in your role, everything's great. But when you don't get that, that is one of the centers of stress for most people. And they go home and then they take that home. And then, then they take that stress and they pass it around to their families through just behaviors where they're just stressed. They're stressed from that. And the source is that place where they work. And so I'm really excited about helping leaders create environments where people want to work, where they want to be, be involved, where, I mean, people want to opt in. And, and even when I, whether I'm thinking about like entrepreneurs building a business, I'm thinking, you know, about, you know, even in nonprofits where you have people that are not paid, that are volunteering, how do you make those, even make those volunteers feel like they're valued, like, you know, they're coming and doing things. Um, and you're paying them nothing. How do you create an environment where even they want to come back the next day and and work and and sweat and do whatever it is that you're doing, but do it with joy and do it in a way that really accomplishes the mission of that organization, whatever it may be. And so I'm really excited about being able to do that. And to be able to share that on your course, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's all kind of tied together. And, and that's kind of just one of the things that, that drives me personally. Um, you know, of course, I'm ambitious from a, you know, from the business standpoint, I, I'm competitive and ambitious there. But when I really look at um, the value and what you can actually impact, I really think about how you help people. Could you tell us a little bit more about the course that you created, the ambitious? Yeah, it's uh, a... It, Ambitious Goals Course. Ambitious Goals Course. And yes, so, I was getting the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. So my Ambitious Goals Course, I created it um, based upon all of my years working in, you know, that I've worked with or within organizations. 
And I oftentimes would help kind of in the strategy setting. So I, you know, worked in organizational development and it would be from the individual level, helping them um, create their individual goals for the company, but then also at the, the executive level, helping, you know, design those things and think about things and then say, how do we take this large goal and apply it to the, you know, the very frontline associate? How do they feel like they're part of this bigger mission? And so I took all of that experience and I put it into a, a course that really helps people go through a process of setting their goals, having the right, it is, and it starts with, you know, having a big dream. You know, right. what is that big objective? What do you want to do? And then we talk about the mindset of really going after an ambitious goal. And some of that is that ambitious goal is that big thing that's sometimes even bigger than you, you know, something that you, you want to, and and, but it's also unique to the person. For me, my ambitious goal may be to lose 10 pounds. But to you, that's not ambitious for you. You, you want to go and climb Mount Everest <laughs> or whatever <laughs> it may be. And so we're unique in what's ambitious to us. But the thing is just about that is that it's something that, that excites you, that, that makes your life better, makes life better for someone else. And then, then it's really going through some of the things we already know about really being, you know, really specific about our goals and the things that we want to do. But where the real work comes in is, is then developing a plan for your goals. And that's really where most people fail is they say, and I just use the, the thing about losing 10 pounds because we're at the beginning of the year. And <laughs> that's such a common goal for people. Um, so I just throw, I'm just putting that, you know, just put, using that as an example. And, and oftentimes people will say, I want to lose 10 pounds. And then they say, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to start Weight Watchers. Or I'm going to start this. And actually those are some, some things that are a little bit more structured and, that, and that's probably a good thing. But oftentimes we don't strategize around our goals. We say we have this big goal, we have this big ambition, we wanna start a business, we wanna improve our team, we wanna improve our revenue for our company, we wanna do these big, amazing things, we wanna help more people, but we don't take the time to sit down and really strategize. Think about what are the good things that are happen? What are the bad things that can happen? And if they happen, how do I strategize around those things? Um, how do I negotiate resources that I may or may not have? you know, all of those things. So I put all of these thoughts into the course, you know, uh, and even things like how do I negotiate resources, especially if I have a, a company, maybe from another department or from my landlord or from, you know, the community, what are, what are some things that I need to do in order, what are conversations that I need to do in order to get my goal done? Because if you have an ambitious goal, oftentimes it, it's not just going to be you involved in it. You're right. going to have to involve people in your life, in your personal life, in, in all of those things. One of the examples that I give is that, you know, if you want to lose that 10 pounds and you have candy, cake, and cookies all in your house, you're going to have to negotiate with your family and anybody in your house right. and say, hey, can we get this stuff out? And can we at least kind of have an agreement about what our meals look like? And, and so it's about that negotiation and doing all those things. So I go through this process and um, then really talk about, you know, you know, how do you then really go after those really ambitious goals that you have? And um, I, I'm really ex excited about for people to kind of to go through that course. And um, uh, I did a soft launch in in. November and really going to kind of push it back out, you know, kind of starting in January so people can get ready for their goals and really
do something amazing and great in their lives. Right. 2021 is the year to rise, everyone. And I was just going to say that, Arson, I know you launched um, on Thanksgiving. However, mm-hmm. did you want to go ahead and let and the audience know um, if they wanted to actually take a look into that course, how to get a hold, like whether you have a website for that course or how to get a hold of you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you can just find the course by going to theorsonwells.com. And um, probably within the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a link there. Or maybe by the time this episode airs, there'll be the, the, the link will be up. I, um, I actually did a, you know, through when I did the soft launch, I got some feedback and then I made some improvements to it because I really wanted it to be something that people can really use as they go into this next year. Because I just felt that so many people had these really great things that they wanted to do in 2020. And then March hit and everything <laughs> changed. So what do you do when everything changes? Right. You know, and you, you, you retool and you say, okay, I, I, you know, 2020 is a wash. Okay. It is what it is. <laughs> things happened and, and all of that. And I'm not minimizing any of the bad things that happened to people in, in their lives, but how do you pick those things up, pick yourself up and begin back in 2021 and you know really accomplish really get centered on what those goals are and that was kind of my driver for for being able to to do that so it will be launching again um live to the public in uh january yes amazing and i hope you guys all check it out actually yeah, you want you can get orsonwells.com <laughs> everyone if you'd like to check out the course but it's funny though that you were saying whatever you were saying at the end it triggered another memory from a friend of mine who said something this year he said something like lisa people should have more goals than not getting covid because that became no yeah. right yeah i love that that is so true i mean well, I mean, but but if you think about it, that was all of our goals in the that beginning. Was it was like, forget everything else you were doing. My goal right now is to not get COVID. And um, yeah, but but that's the thing. And, you know, that's a nod to whenever you do have a problem, it just that that becomes magnified in your life. But what do you do to transition out of that, I think is so important because it's very easy to get stuck right, right. there and kind of say, my goal is not to, you know, I'm going to wear three masks and I'm not going to leave my house and, and all of those things. And, and I'm not minimizing anyone that's really struggling with that. But sometimes you can get stuck in, you can get stuck in the, in that experience of the challenge, but you don't take those steps to get out of the challenge. And I think when you do have an ambitious goal, it begins to move you in that direction when you have something to uh, look forward to. And that's what I hope for everyone. Me too. Absolutely. That's exactly why I have guests like you, Orson. (laughs) And we are recording this right before the turn of the new year. So what I'd like to say is um, thank you so much for actually being on the 8 Billion Podcast, uh, for sharing your insight, your wisdom with the audience, and hopefully one day, 8 billion people as of 2023. But are there any parting words that you'd like to share with the audience um, taking us into 2021? This will probably air probably in 2021, but it doesn't matter now. You've seen what 2020 has done, right? You could have a new year in uh, March. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I think that's a great, great mindset as well. And, you know, first of all, thank you for having me on. I, you know, again, I told you I was excited about it just because of the concept of helping 
8 billion or reaching 8 billion people, helping them motivate them in their lives and in what they do. I think that's so important. But yeah, just the thought that I would leave, you know, kind of kind of just continue the conversation we were just having that, you know, no matter what's happened in this year, you know, in 2020, as bad as it may be, there was lessons learned. Um, there was, you know, things lost. Well, I think we all lo maybe lost something to some degree, mm -hmm. but I always think about if I'm blessed to get up every morning, it's a new opportunity for me to live, to thrive, to help someone. And so, and, and part of that is that if you have a big goal, if you have, feel like you have a big purpose, it's, and I'm not talking to, you know, not, it's not about going go to my course or anything like that. <laughs> but if you have a big purpose, your life is going to be so enhanced when you take steps to move in that direction and actually do that big thing that's in your heart that, you know, and, and go after it. Don't be afraid of failing. Don't be afraid of looking crazy or stupid because that's in there for a reason, for a purpose. And every one of us, 8 billion of us have that purpose within us. And, and it's, it's, you know, I think our, our, our life is a gift from God and what we do with our life is our gift back to God and back to, to the world. So I encourage every one of your listeners to take advantage of this thing called life and, and live it fully every single day. I love that, Orson. What a great way to actually share what yeah, we wanted with the whole audience and take us into 2020. But I absolutely, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you so much for being on the show. And I hope to have you back one day again. Thank you. I'll definitely come back. Absolutely. I'll enjoy <laughs> our conversation. I love these conversations. I love these interviews that are a conversation and not just me tell, you know, giving the points of something that I've said before but it's an actual conversation so I love yeah. it thank you no and that this is why I love what I do because I like to actually ask so many different questions that are probably a little bit more unique than most but yeah. stay tuned guys because this the roles are going to switch in about a week I am actually going to be on yeah. Orson's show on his podcast but again Truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being on 8 Billion. And I wish you and your wife a very a happy new year. But I, you know, I'm in constant touch with you because of our mastermind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And happy new year to you as well. And I'm actually looking forward to having, you know, to switching the roles here and having you on my show. I think we have it for next week. Yeah, next week. So I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, now you're going to start figuring out all the questions you're going to ask me. Oh, yeah. No, I have questions. I've got questions. So that's, that's, <laughs> it's going to be great. Awesome. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you so much for being on the 8 Billion you Podcast. Too. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If it's moved you in any way, please review and share your thoughts or text me your thoughts at 949-247-2800.